0: Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the executive director of the Henry Nowen Society. Welcome to a new episode of Henry Nowen Now and Then. Our goal at the Henry Nowen Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry to audiences around the world. We invite you to share the daily meditations and these podcasts with your friends and family. This year, we're commemorating the 25th anniversary of Henry Nowen's death. We have partnered with Creative Communications, a division of Bayard Publishing, to develop a series of booklets titled Henry Nouwen and the Art of Living, Insights from a Spiritual Master. This has become the title of our very special online conference we've scheduled for June 4th and 5th. If you've not already checked this out, please go to our website. We have such a wonderful lineup of speakers, such as Father Ron Rollheiser, Sister Helen Prejean, Dr. Vanessa White, Dr. Roberto Goiseta, Sister Simone Campbell, and we have the authors of this booklet series, Rev. Marjorie Thompson and Rev. Chris Pritchett. Chris Pritchett is my guest today. He's a Presbyterian minister based in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's a member of the board of the Henry Nowen Society, and Chris is the author of three of the booklets in this series we at the Henry Nouwen Society set out to address the key spiritual questions of our day, offering biblical answers as well as rich insights from Henry Nouwen. Here are the five titles in the series. Identity, Finding Myself in God, God, Discovering the Divine, Love, Experiencing Deep Connection, Suffering, Transforming Our Pain, Freedom. Finding Peace in Anxious Times. Chris, you have written three booklets in the series. Our goal was that in this anniversary year, we would offer small groups and individuals these well-crafted study tools to enhance their spiritual formation. Chris, what is spiritual formation? What does that mean? Oh, that's
1: great. Yeah, um, I think um, I think it was Dallas Willard who once kind of said, there's, there's really nothing that, really should be considered spiritual formation, but it really should be conspiter- considered spiritual transformation. Um, I still use the term spiritual formation, but I think what he was trying to say in that um, thought is that uh, we're, we're all formed by some spirit. We're all formed by something. Um, we're, we're formed by all sorts of things in, in our lives, and, and, uh, and some of those for, for good and some for ill. Um, but we're formed by our context, our culture, our families of origin, our religious experiences, the people who shape us, our, what we read, all sorts of things. And so spiritual formation um, is, is really about um, aligning our, our lives with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's to be formed in the Spirit uh, as, as Christians. Um, and, and that's a, that's a journey of really, um, of, of moving our, our beliefs that we affirm in our heads down into our hearts and into our experience. And so, um, and so there's a, there's a practice element to that where we, where we take time each day to, uh, engage in spiritual practices and there are individual spiritual practices and corporate spiritual practices and and when we engage in those, we partner with the holy spirit and and by grace we are transformed more and more uh, into the likeness of of god and the character i mean the goal is christ and the goal for the christian is um is to become more and more like jesus to not just believe in Jesus, but to believe like jesus uh to believe as Jesus believed to to have the compassion that jesus had um, and so and so it's spiritual formation is about putting on the character of Christ, as Saint Paul would saying in Colossians three
0: well it's interesting because it's about two years ago that we began this process of partnering with Creative Communications, and they are uh, a publishing company that has probably, might be known by many, they might not identify that name, but they may have gotten those little booklets, you know, Advent or Lent booklets that come through the church, and they might have seen that, and that was often focusing on Nowan's writing, and uh, they have been doing that for years. They have uh, produced a number of, of really rich little additions to, you know, people's um those times of year in people's lives. But they were really right. eager to somehow be part of our celebration of this twenty-fifth anniversary year. This is the year that marks twenty five years since Henry died. Mm. And so we began to say, you know, um how could how could this have a maximum impact? And they decided that they wanted to do a booklet series with us. And the concept was we would take people through the year. And then we started looking for writers. And I happened to suggest, because you just joined our board at that point, I Mm happened to suggest that you might be a writer to consider, simply because I had seen some things that you had written already and been very moved by them. And it turned out you were the choice. I was so delighted. So you set out into the first three, um, and we're today gonna to focus maybe on the on a couple of them. Uh but I, I found for example, I wait one of the very basic questions for me is does Henry and have anything to offer to this process from your perspective?
1: Oh. Well, absolutely. I mean, um yeah, and and I should just say that um it's it's truly a great Honor and, and privilege to serve on the board of the society, and and uh, you know my friend Mark Peter, Peterson uh, connected us when we were in the Doctor of Ministry program together, and uh, H- Henry's just been so um, profoundly important to my spiritual formation personally. I, I I when I think of spiritual formation, I think of Henry now, and I mean it's one of the first people that come to mind there are a few others <laughs> um, but uh but uh you know i the first um that I was looking on my shelf too and and pulling out all my Henry books in preparation for this and I've got twenty seven of them on my on my shelf here behind me wow. and the first <laughs> yeah and the, the first one that i that I ever read I was in college. And I was taking a class called uh, Theories of Classical Rhetoric, and we were studying memory. And um, as you know, it's just as part of the classical rhetoric uh, worldview, we were studying the the practice of memory. And so we read *The Living Reminder*, and that was my introduction to Henry. Was *The Living Reminder* this that as? And I was in college, so it's a book that's. For ministers or for clergy, I wasn't that wasn't in my worldview at that point. But um, but as a as a Christian doing ministry mm-hmm. in some capacity, you know that that book is about how um, the the minister is in in her presence to be a living reminder of Jesus Christ, and so ministry is so much not about technique or about um, skill sets as much as it is about showing up, um, and, and showing up as a re, the living reminder of Jesus Christ. So showing up, um, as, uh, as a little Christ for, for another. Um, and that was a really, that was a really profound introduction for me to Henry. And I would say also to spiritual formation. And much of my spiritual formation since that time has has also been, you know, wrapped up in my vocation as a minister too. Um, uh, So, so Henry's, um, I think his his writing, uh, it it goes to the depths, right, and it integrates um, psychology and spirituality and theology to the point where we can have a pathway to find uh, healing because spiritual formation also uh, involves healing it it has to involve healing because even as henry says we 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 are all broken um just as jesus was broken on the cross and as he broke the bread and before he gave it to his disciples, so too we are broken. But we put that brokenness under the blessing. Of course, we're not defined by it. Um, but there are broken pieces of our lives that um, where we're invited to seek healing in Christ, even in this life. And so spiritual formation is a wonderfully exciting and life-giving journey um, because of the healing component to it. Um, and, and Henry had an incredible way of uh of creating space i think in the in the brevity of his writing he actually creates space for reflection on our own spiritual journeys so you read about his and in the particular of henry's story you get the universality of all of our stories um and and we find ourselves in his writing and it raises questions about my own life and the wounds that I'm carrying or, or, or the, the, the lies that I'm believing. And, and, uh, and it always comes back to finding ourself in God and in God's love. Um, and that's really what the journey of solitude is. It's, it's about when everything else um, is, is stripped away, there's the love of God that is there and that meets you um, and that transforms.
0: It's interesting cause I, I, I just happen to be, my eyes are looking at uh, something you wrote here, according to now and we slowly grow to believe the lies that I am what I do. I am what others say about me. I am what I possess. And that's why now it's message of our truer and deeper identity as beloved children of God is so important. And I, I, I do think it is the disarming honesty of Henry. It's not a false honesty. He he's obviously shares his battles and then it kind of opens you up to share your battles. Now, one of the things I've loved about your booklets, you've let us know who you are and some of the, the battles you've lived through, which I thought was really valuable. So uh, maybe you might tell us just a little bit of your story, because the, the journey is in here. You, uh, mm. you know, as a as a pastor, it hasn't been straight up and to the right all the way, you know, and has been stuff <laughs> you know. you've had to deal with.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There have been a lot of turns, a lot of turns. And, uh, and God's, God's presence has been with me. I, I can see in retrospect his journey really. Um, and, and just a part of my story is, um, what growing up as an only child in, uh, Uh, A home with two loving parents. Um, They also had a lot of pressure on them, um, and uh, on the family as as well. And so there was some some challenging times growing up. I grew up in Roman Catholic Church and was very involved. I was an altar boy. I went to Catholic high school. Um, I went to confession every week. I think one of the most Formative experiences was that every Good Friday, my my mom would take me to uh, to the to the church and um, and and give me time to go and look at all the stations of the cross and meditate on the stations of the cross as a young boy, um, and 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 only in retrospect does that have this sort of profound place in my memory. Um, I went through a time when I was a teenager, a very kind of dark time where I was um, struggling with my identity. I was really battling a dark depression. Um, And I got to the point where I was, um, I was contemplating suicide uh, and I had gotten kind of swept up with uh, a violent uh, gang Uh, and I was initiated jumped into this this gang and and got into you know trouble crashed my parents car things like that and I was involved in drugs and and my life was really unraveling I didn't want to have anything to do with the church or God at this point or my parents or anything like that and one February I was 16 years old and and I, I stayed up all, all night kind of crying out to God, um, asking God if he was real, and if he was there, and if he was, would he show himself to me, and I don't think I want to live, and this and that, and I was contemplating suicide. And through that, through that night, um, uh, I, I sensed a profound kind of comfort that I had not experienced uh, before before. Uh, it was sort of like this sort of sense came over me that everything's going to be okay, and that um, and that there's a future for me. I didn't know what to do with that. It, it was it was profound and and very real to me. Um, so I called a friend the next morning, a good friend of mine, who um, had gone on some mission trip to Mexico with his Presbyterian church's youth group or whatever, and came back and, uh, you know, was, um, had had sort of a changed life. He didn't want to party with me anymore. And he wanted to, you know, study the Bible and serve others and things like that. And so I called this friend of mine and I said, I had this uh, thing experienced last night and he knew that I was a troubled, uh, teenager at this point and um and so he came rushed over to my house and gave me a big hug and I asked him what it you know what this was all about what had happened I said I don't want to live this way anymore I wanted my life to change and um and I want to get out of this mess that I'm in and 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 he said he said well you became a Christian and I said well what do you mean and I've been a you know I've been a Christian my whole life and you know and he said, "Well, you know, you you accepted Jesus into your heart." It's evangelical language. I didn't have any categories <laughs> for that. <laughs> what does that mean, you know? Uh-huh. And just uh, come and see. And so he he brought me to his youth group, and there was a group of you know eighty or so teenagers gathering on Wednesday nights with a youth minister, and they welcomed me, and they. Um, and they played games together and they prayed and they sang songs and they were trying to, you know, grow together and, and have a, um, a personal faith in, in God and, and in a spirituality and stuff. And I loved it. I just, this is an incredible, this is the environment that I needed, needed to be in. So I left one gang and I joined another gang. (laughs) (laughs) Well
0: described.
1: (laughs) And, and it was during that time that, that, um, that i would say that the the transcendent god that i knew from my childhood became imminent for me um, and we know that god is both transcendent and imminent he's other he's big he's otherworldly and we need that power but also this this one uh, also wants to be my friend as well. My Lord wants to be my friend. How does that work, you know? And so mm-hmm. I I kind of ate all that up and and uh, studied, you know, reading the Bible for the first time and and all that. Went to the Christian college and and started, you know, studying theology and and um, and and because of the way in which the church helped me provide a, a spiritual family and a pathway for my own spiritual growth i wanted to give back in the same way so i was one i was working with teenagers you know um right in college and then right after college and i wanted to uh, go into ministry and so i sensed a call to to go to seminary and i enrolled at fuller seminary and and then started uh volunteering at the church And then I got, I got my first job as a youth director at the same overseeing the youth group that kind of brought me in off the street, so to speak. And that was this wonderful, incredible gift to be given this, this job. And on the first day that I was offered the job, I found out that I had uh, stage three testicular cancer, um, my wife and I, we had been married for just one year. I was 24 years old, and so we're kind of babies and brand new into ministry. Um, and I, I would have to go, do, uh, go away to do chemotherapy, and and so I would go for a week at a time to City of Hope in Pasadena area, and get chemotherapy morning and night for five days, and then I would go. Home and recover for two weeks, and during those two weeks of recovery, I would minister to the youth and be part of the church and do my job. And uh, the church was very accommodating of my cancer through that experience. And the boys in the youth group, after I lost my hair, they showed they shaved their heads to show their solidarity. <laughs> And it was during that time and I was going to seminary that I, uh, read my second Henry Allen book, which was in the name of Jesus. And I ended up writing my philosophy of ministry paper, um, on, based on that, on that book. And that was really, really profound to read that book while going through cancer in my first, um, you know, year of ministry Um, that's because it was, it was through that, that book that I, I really, um, learned about the authenticity of ministry and what it is to be called in, in Jesus name. Again, it's kind of like the living reminder, you know, um, we're not called to be popular or successful. And boy, did I want to be popular and successful and relevant. Um, (laughs) And I was part of a church that was a dynamic church and they had a dynamic preacher who was this wonderful preacher and everybody loved him. He was on a pedestal, you know, and, and I thought I needed to be like that. And then I got whacked with cancer and I thought, well, that's just not going (laughs) to happen. You know, I mean, if I'm going to have it, my relevance is going to come. It's not going to be my relevance. It's going to be the relevance of Jesus Christ at work in my life. And, uh, and, and that's all I can do is just offer, offer what I can. And, and so that was really important um, way to begin, uh, to begin ministry. And, and uh, um, it's, and it's a, cha- it's a challenging way to do ministry too, um, I'm sure. because because there's, there's no, there's no, like the, our spirituality is, you know, I, you can get kind of lazy and, um, and I can easily, you know, forget. It's just, um, there's a sense in, uh, in which the wakefulness that Jesus calls us to, you know, like in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples and he says, can't you just stay awake, you know? And I feel like a lot of ministry is is just about staying awake, seeing what God is doing.
0: I bet a lot of pastors and priests and and leaders feel that. I mean, and this has been an incredibly challenging time we're living through. I mean, we didn't see it coming, but we're all in it together at this point. It is a time yeah. where it would be easy to despair, and there have been losses yeah. beyond what anybody could have imagined. I'm I'm sure you have had to bring people through that, you've probably faced your own. It's it's really interesting. I I love the fact that uh, God met you in a place where the ground was really shaking from underneath you and and there was a real sense of genuine despair and uh, it's funny, that's maybe one of the things I really enjoy about Henry too, the honesty of his heart battles. Uh, The the Inner Voice of Love is a a beautiful book to look at for things like that, where he he writes himself some imperatives that this is what I've got to remember, just trying to remember I'm beloved, just trying to remember this, just trying to remember that. One of the things that I'm really aware of right now, we've been looking at sort of what are the trends that are happening out there. And one of the things that's been very obvious is that people will often say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. It's almost like a walking away from that. And I'm curious because I'd, I'd love to hear how you address that. Because we are spiritual. We are spiritual beings. That's a beginning yeah. place. But it, I, I found as I dove into the next little booklet called God Discovering the Divine, I found myself going, okay, um, people are still asking, can I find God? They want to find God, but you mm. know they, maybe religion gets in the way and maybe that's, one of the things that's being a bit wiped away in this process. What What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, and and such an important um, thing to be thinking about. There was a while for which, um, when I heard that phrase "spiritual but not religious," um, I, I was really critical of it, and um, and 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 just wanted to kind of counter it all the time, and 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 now I I kind of um, I, there's part of me that actually likes it. You know, I like that phrase mm. because there's a part of me that feels like I'm like that too, you know, um, or at least I seek to be like that, even though I am very religious, but it's my spirituality that, um, that, that, that really is what matters. And the religion is the container for that um, spirituality for me. I think um, without, I think the challenge, though, is that um, when I use the word spiritual, um, you know, I think about the Holy Spirit, um, the second person of the Trinity, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Ruach who hovered over the waters of creation, you know, and uh, the pneuma that that blew through the early church and and turned timid bumblers into courageous followers. Um, And so there's a particular... um, person that I, you know, of, of the spirit, um, that, that I think about when I, in my imagination, when I use that word, and I think that there are, of course, there are a lot of fo- folks who might use that word and, and it might just mean anything, you know, it could just mean feeling good, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know, I'm not religious, but I'd like to go out into nature and that feels spiritual mm-hmm. in some, some way. Yeah, you know, and so I think that there's really good conversation pieces that can happen um, around that, and I and I absolutely believe that that um, that the that the Holy Spirit is accessible to to any and all people. Um, I you know you don't need to believe intellectually and in all the parts of the Nicene Creed to have an experience of the Holy Spirit. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, I, in fact, we, we see that all throughout scripture as well. And so I, I think there's a real sense in which people are connecting with the spirit. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think if, if the church can help meet people in those spaces and to help name name it for what it is as we see it you know um like for for instance um i, I participated in um in a in a six-day retreat that was called the men's rite of passage and it was a retreat that was organized organized by richard Rohr and in the um a, a men's ministry that he started called Illumin. Um, and And it was out in nature and there's lots of silence. There's some Native American drumming, there's meditation, there's hard group work, there's, um, you know, all kinds of different kinds of stuff that takes place in this retreat. And, and it was, there was not a, a whole lot of religion in the way that you think about what religion is. There was no building, there was no, formal liturgy there was no incense there were no um you know sacraments um there was no uh, practice of confession uh you know things like like that in in the formal religious sense but we were gathered around the spirit and it was an interfaith gathering um and and we I think we all met the spirit in, through through this time in very powerful ways, and it was attractive to people who are not interested in churchy stuff, but but want to meet a wild god out in the wilderness. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That's lovely. A wild God. I love, there's a little quote in here in this book, uh, God Discovering the Divine, and I thought it was charming. Uh, The reason atheists have more in common with Jesus than most Christians is that atheists and Jesus both reject the kind of God that does not exist, an always Mm -hmm. angry and unloving God. Um, Mm. I think that's a fabulous quote, and it does. Just open up our reality, you know. As you're describing what you you experienced, you know, as a wild, and and wonderful, bigger God than than that limited one that we can give.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I, I in that in that quote, I, I was without naming it, was getting into um, what we call the apophatic tradition, as opposed to the cataphatic tradition. And the apophatic tradition is, um, you know, the theology by negation. It's um, and it and it serves as um as a as a counter or uh as a corrective to the cataphatic tradition which can be tempted to say too much about god and so the apophatic tradition wants to say uh what god is not you know and 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 that's really important for us too and so yeah so jesus and atheists you know share in that in that apophatic um nation, that God is not a certain way. Right. Yeah, that's important.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think one of the great things that uh, Henry has done probably for you and for me is he's made God so much more attractive because the bottom line is he keeps saying, you are beloved. You are beloved. And that's it's hard to wrap our heads around it. There's times when we can't agree with God on that. But but mm-hmm. it but it is the profound and deep truth. Um the entire story of the scriptures is the story of God who is in constant pursuit of humanity from the moment of Adam yeah. and Eve until God with us in Jesus. And that is uh, that is the God that uh, that Henry helps us find. And it does mean we have to get rid of some of the toxins in our life. I think some of the things we've chosen to mm. to accept... About ourselves become toxic and just uh, yeah they, they
1: no longer serve yeah they don't serve us anymore right? yeah yeah they, they don't serve us anymore yeah. yeah
0: now let me just see here you've written knowing God's heart means consistently radically and very concretely to announce and reveal that God is love and only love and that every time fear isolation and despair begin to invade the human soul this is not something that comes from God. This sounds very simple and maybe trite, but very few people know that they are loved without the conditions or limits. Mm-hmm. Now and write that, mm-hmm. without any conditions or limits. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things about these study guides is you've got great questions in them. I really want to encourage people to think about getting this. It's, it's wonderful, good uh, instruction, information, But they're also great questions. And you know how it is. If you want to get the right answer, Mm -hmm. you have to ask the right question. That's really a kind of philosophical truth that when you start asking the right questions, it moves you forward. It it loosens you from where you might have been stuck. So I would encourage people. These books are wonderful. And and, uh, as I said, the whole series is called The Art of Living. Henry Nowen and the Art of Living is what the series called, Insights mm. from a Spiritual Master. Mm. You have packed them full of uh, really spiritual, deep spiritual truths and life-giving uh, ideas. Uh, the very best of Henry Nowen. I'm, I'm really grateful.
1: Well, thank you so much, Karen. I, I, I It was an honor for me, a huge honor and a, and a great challenge for me. I, I want to develop... Um, as a writer, even more, I enjoy writing as as a pastor for my congregation, and um, this gave me an opportunity to uh, to be challenged in a greater way. To and and so I'm very grateful for that, and I'm looking forward to continuing to write along these lines as well. I'm especially grateful for Marjorie Thompson as well, and. Um, her partnership in this, in this series. She is an incredibly prolific writer, fantastic writer, and, and she has taught me a lot as well um, in our conversation.
0: Now, you've begun, uh, you're, you're fairly new in, in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Tell us about your church.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, so, I serve um, a church called Mount Olympus Presbyterian Church. The reason it's called Mount Olympus um, is is not because we're into Greek mythology, but because <laughs> it's located right at the base of Mount Olympus here um, in the Wasatch uh, Front in Salt Lake City. And it's a wonderful church. Um, it's a 60-year-old church and uh, multi-generational. We got a lot of young families and kids and 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 uh, elderly folks, and they interact very well with it with one another. It's a church that. Uh, that is concerned with, uh, social justice issues as well as, uh, Christian education. Um, and, uh, and so, so yeah, we have a, a small staff, a preschool that's fairly large and, um, you know, and all kinds of, of different ministries, um, here, uh, at the church. And so it's, it's a great place to be. And so, so I serve as the, the pastor for, for the church and I get to preach every week and lead worship and, I'm teaching a class on the just on the Apostles' Creed on uh, as well on Sunday mornings, and so it's it's really a wonderful place to be, and and the outdoor environment is just incredible. Um, the, of course, the church has all these different kinds of mountain biking groups, and skiing groups, and hiking groups, and yeah. and, and, <clears throat> and that's really good because we get <clears throat> the, there's a real sense in which um, appreciation for for creation, for God's creation, and for encountering God in creation, here in this uh, beautiful place. And it's also interesting because we're a religious minority. Uh, this uh, the headquarters of the Latter Day Saints is here in Salt Lake City, and uh, so so there's a strong Mormon influence, um, and uh, and and many of them have found their way into. Uh, into our church, which is which is wonderful too. Um, but so it is a it's a very interesting and wonderful place to to minister.
0: Well, I think um, I I really desire today that we would give people a little sample of what's in these booklets, so that they would get they'd get a thirst for it. I would say, you know, as you're looking ahead into the year, if you would like to have that that experience of spiritual formation and transformation, this is, this is a vital, valuable tool. But I also want to invite everyone, come to our conference, June 4th and 5th. We have an absolutely stellar lineup of people that are, oh are speaking, I'm so excited. Chris is going to be there, Marjorie's going to be there, we have Sister Helen Prejean, we have uh, Sister Simone Campbell, uh, Dr. Vanessa White, Dr. Roberto Coisueta, and we have Ron Rollheiser, Father Ron Rollheiser, and some wonderful, wonderful little savory special bits woven throughout. So I would love everyone who's listening, take a look at our website, sign up for uh, Henry Nouwen and the Art of Living. I think your life will be richer. And, uh, I, I feel like God has just gone before us and given us something that we can really oh. offer, like a feast we can offer. So we would welcome all of you. And Chris, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of what we might find in these booklets. Believe me, they are really packed with good things. And they make, like, I, I've thought, I'm, I think I'm going to uh, invite some friends and use them as a study guide because I think they would work so well. And I, I'd love to do that. And and you've done such a good job of weaving Henry and scripture and the honesty of your own life through the pages, so it, it it really is a valuable tool. I'm I'm grateful for it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for taking the time to to talk with me and and for your leadership of the society. We're as the board, you know, as part of the board, we're just so blessed um, that that you're at the helm. Um, your creativity, your innovation, your um, passion for Henry's work and for getting it out there to as many people as possible is just so meaningful and and so good for the world. Um, And so I'm thankful for your leadership and grateful for this time.
0: Oh, thank you, Chris. That means a lot. That means a great deal coming from you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: You bet. Blessings.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you got as much out of this chat with Chris Pritchett as I did. I just love him. He's He's a really special young man. We hope this has whetted your appetite to come to our conference in June and also to get this series. Churches around the world are being encouraged to use these booklets as study guide materials for small groups or for individual study. You can find the links to the conference and to the booklet series on our website. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we would be grateful if you take time to give it a stellar review or a thumbs up or, or even share it with your friends and family. For more resources related to today's podcast, such as the books we've mentioned, click on the links on the podcast page of our website. You can find additional content and book suggestions, including a link for books to get you started in case you're new to the writings of Henry Nouwen. Thanks for listening. Until next time.